Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining us. Across from me via the World Wide Web is Cyrus Amundsen. Good afternoon, chattels. It's wonderful to be with you on this NFL draft weekend. Oh no, yeah. I've seen your Twitter feed. You have been invested. Well, uh, no one cares about football actually. So let me tell you something about the NFL draft that's more middle of somewhere. I'm trying to brand us more, so I'm throwing our title into sure. stuff more often. Which oh, I like it. I think makes a ton of sense. Um, I went to a, uh, we threw a birthday party for my lovely wife, I don't know, four or five years ago in Indiana. And uh, okay. I, she was coming from LA. I flew in from Minnesota. Surprise, surprise, yada, yada. That also happened to be NFL Combine weekend. Now, are you familiar with the NFL Combine? I have friends from high school. I mean, short answer is yes. Long answer is I have friends from high school, and we used to do all the events and pit our numbers against people that were getting drafted, and they were not as good. <laughs> it's basically the presidential award thing that you did in middle school but, yeah, the Presidential Physical Fitness Award. But yes. for the strongest men in the world, the strongest, fastest men in the world. And if they, right. they don't get a presidential award, they go, here's your dump truck full of money. <laughs> right. So they hold that every year in Indianapolis, which I've, I've never, do you understand why Indianapolis, and I, there's a lot of people from Indiana that listen to this show, so I'm going to walk a tight line here. Why is Indianapolis such a fucking hub for everything? The NCAA. I got turned, your back. I don't know. I got your back on this. Why? Indiana is the crossroads of America. Sure. There's a big there's a big loop around Indianapolis and there are different interstates going in every direction. If you look at it on a map, it looks like a giant octopus. Sure. Is that a good reason to have stuff there? Like if they had that system around Waterloo, Iowa, would you be like, well, let's let's put all the sports stuff there? Well, what I think it is, it's just in the middle of America, so it's equidistant from each corner. I mean, they put the best museums in Washington, D.C., and then they expect everybody on the West Coast to like museums. Fuck you. Put it in the middle. <laughs> so uh, it's Combine weekend in Indianapolis, and I am at the airport Sunday night leaving after Jenna's birthday party. <laughs> Oh, I already know what's going to happen. And there are kids, a group of children who are running buck wild through the airport and are jacked up. They are clearly football fans. They have clearly mm -hmm. seen some other prospect and they are clearly going around from terminal to terminal looking for football players and right. baby obliged. I gave those children... <laughs> I, 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 they, they weren't interested in me. And then I stood up and I am, you know, I'm six foot four before I started slowly dying. I was put together pretty well. And I was just, yeah, I was going to say at that time, five years ago, I mean, if, if, if I didn't know you and someone goes, oh yeah, that, that kid might play in the NFL. I'd go, oh yeah, I believe that. And so did these children well, well it's, it started out with just a couple of children who i stood up and then they noticed me and i gave them the like yeah i'll sign those autographs and they came over like who are you and i told them my name was Chaz burger <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was a quarterback from BYU, and they got really excited, and I signed autographs for them. And then I was like, go get your friends. Tell your friends, man. I'm really down to earth. So I sat and took pictures and signed autographs as Chaz Berger. So there's, there's kids right now that are 14, maybe 15 years old with just an autographed Chaz Burger football in, a, in, in like a chest somewhere because I didn't pan out. <laughs> That's incredible. I have a similar story to that. I was at a hockey arena once about two hours away from um, where, where I live in Fergus Falls. And all these kids ran up to me and they were like, hey, and I go up, oh, here we go. It's going to be something cool. And they go, are you Eric's mom? And I was like, okay. They, they caught me from behind. Little dumpy. I do have a hockey mom haircut. Shaved up in the back, a little spiky on top. So uh, it, it didn't surprise me, but uh, not as cool as your story. But, uh, you know, I did try to tell him I was Eric's mom, but there was like, I don't think he looked like a dude now that you turned around. Excuse me, mister. Are you the middle-aged woman who brings us the yogurts? <laughs> Hey, thanks for the extra slice of pizza at lunch last Friday, Mrs. Erickson. <laughs> Greg, because Mike Greg is a monster, and he, he looks like a specimen despite being as about as athletic as a shoe. You know, he, sure. he uh, let's say a dress shoe, like a Doc Martin. And yeah. he, for, like, he, didn't even, he didn't even have a singular incident. When he was going to school at NDSU, he just would tell random people that he got recruited to play starting quarterback for Kansas State. And then he blew his knee out <laughs> and it was such a devastating knee injury that he couldn't come back from it. But he, he you know, yeah. he's still fine. He still can work out and do stuff, but he just couldn't play football anymore. And people bought it for years. And then one of his buddies, I remember him calling me one day. He's like, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, one of my friends wants me to quarterback their flag football team. <laughs> <laughs> See, that is when lies catch up to you and you're in deep shit. I mean, Greg, Greg is a, a strong, he's, he's, he's a version of athletic, but he's not. This is a kid who, like I've said, when he was a child, he looked like his favorite transformer. Like, unless you give me a dinosaur-related transformer, I'm not yeah. interested. This, this kid was frogs and lizards, floor to ceiling. And then he grew sure. up to be this giant fucking hot built Adonis. It's a very weird dichotomy. But <laughs> let me give you, let me give you the, like the, the, the Mount Rushmore, the power rankings of Greg's athletic accomplishments. Okay. Uh, he golfed for about a year or two when we were kids. And he topped that off by... Uh, we were on a dogleg par five, and he was kind of in the woods. And everybody's like, okay. Greg, you should just punch out. And he was like, I'm going to go for it. And he somehow hit a shot that went up in the air, must have hit trees, and came down and hit him on the top of his own head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was doing a show uh, in northern British Columbia for this oil company, and I was talking to one of the guys and then his buddy was super drunk, came up to him and had a fresh laceration on his eyelid and his, it looked like a softball where his eye used to be. And I was like, holy shit, what happened to you? And at the scramble that day, he hit, he hit his ball with nothing in front of him, but he shanked it to the right. It hit a tree. And when he looked up to see where it went, it hit him right in the eyeball. 
Oh, no. Oh, yes. And I loved it because I got paid very little for that gig <laughs> after taking a fucking one prop engine plane to northern British Columbia. And Ooh. at the end of it, they were all betting $20,000 on whose ticket was going to be drawn last out of a bucket. So fuck them and fuck that guy that got hit with the golf ball in his eye. That's that's the most aggressive. You know, anytime you do stand up and you find out you got $600 and they made $12,000 at the bar and the fat piece of shit who's writing your check is complaining about how much you make. Like that is you want to be a you want to be a, a comedian kids get ready right. for some bar owner named Daryl to bitch about the money <laughs> that you're going to use to buy like 99 cent white bread while he banks like multiple thousands of dollars off a bar. Right. I, I, I'm going to step back here because I did say fuck those guys, but it was very interesting to me because it shouldn't be fuck those guys. He even told me he goes. We were all surprised that your manager took our first offer. <laughs> and then he goes, I'm actually going to bonus you because it's the first time that's ever happened. And I was like, let me put this on the whiteboard of shit that I am going to be angry about when I do fire this guy. Yeah, just cut to Chad slowly squeezing the air out of his former manager's windpipe. <laughs> Yeah, it's back to Greg on his power rankings. Uh, number. Yeah, we need three more. I'm, three I'm more. doing three total, and I'm going bottom to top. Have you seen Mount Rushmore? I'm this. Well, this is Mount Hushmore, brother. I don't even know what okay. that means. Come on now, come right. around down. I think you just. Now. I think you just told me to shut up. Yeah, why don't you shut your fucking? You belong on Mount Hushmore. Thank you for fixing that joke, Chad. I sure love your <laughs> shit, man. Not the poop you as a person when you talk. I love you, brother. Here we go now. So. Ch uh, Number two is he was a very bad backyard football player, um, but he always threw the football really hard. Like he would, he'd, sure. he'd jog out on the field and somebody would throw him the ball and he would just say a quarterback's name and then throw a ball so hard everybody would just move and we're like, that wasn't <laughs> helpful at all. But he had one, when we were younger, he had one, we were playing black, backyard football. I can't remember who was all involved. But he had one game where he was just like, no matter how hard he got hit or what happened, he was just slipping through the defense and scoring. And he earned the nickname Noodles as a child. Oh, Because anytime sure. you'd hit him, he'd just noodle away. So that was, mm -hmm. that was a pretty big one. That was pretty right near the top. I was pretty um, – good arms always impress me. And um, – I was playing catch with Isaac after we found out that his his forearm bones are fused together so he cannot supinate. Sure. He he cannot move his palm. His palm can't face the ceiling. So like when he gets change, he just puts the back of his hand out and everyone's always like, uh, what's happening with the with your wrist or yeah. whatever? And he just goes, put it on my hand, please. And then takes <laughs> off all pissed off. But we went down to throw a football one day. And this is like, you know, he, he never really seemed interested in playing catch, but when we were, he, he was 16 at the time and we went and threw the football around. Oh my God. He threw it so far where I was like, Hey Isaac, back up, back up. And then I threw it to him thinking King shit of fuck mountain. Yeah. And then he goes, all right, dad, you back up. And I'm like, whatever, I'm going to have to run up and get the ball. He threw it over my head. I could not believe it. And I was just like, I am sorry when we played catch that I made you be wide receiver because I should have been running routes for you. 
the just and did you have a did you have a moment of uh did you have that moment of like oh man this kid is got it like did you have that parental hey let's get this guy in a camp and see what happens i had a very instead of that instead of a logical father's response i had a very steve daniels response where i was like <laughs> oh i wonder if we can go to the fair and make some money out of this kid's arm <laughs> Wonder how we hear ye, hear ye. Who wants to see weird wrists heave a ball to the moon? Step right up if you think you can challenge this young man to a football throwing contest. Uh, Ethan, my nephew Ethan, Madonna scale Ethan, yeah, when he I was younger, th this was my mistake. I was around him a lot, and I think this is a good thing, but I was around him and at the same time also not around a ton of other children his age. Sure. So he was pretty athletically fluid. Like he, he, his pitch, like, you know, he would drop back and throw a football or he would take a jumper in basketball or he would throw a baseball and it would look the way you would think it would look. It was really fluid <laughs> for a young kid. And I remember being like, holy shit, we got like a three sport college, like this kid's going to get a scholarship type situation here. And then I went to his basketball tryouts when he was in seventh or eighth grade when I was starting to coach at that same school. And I realized Ethan was one third of the size of a regular boy that age and half as fast. <laughs> and I was like, well, looks pretty, but those guys are good at it. So and, and he turned yeah. out to be an OK athlete, but he was very, very fluid without uh, being good. I have, a, I have a buddy from high school that has an impeccable golf swing. I mean, every single step of mechanics is there and he hits his driver about 180. <laughs> and it's awesome because just for everyone that doesn't golf, the, I would say the average amateur golfer probably hits his driver 250 maybe. And this guy looks so smooth and so athletic and so beautiful swinging a golf club. And then we, we get to his ball and we're like, are you fucking kidding me? Did it hit a tree? I promise you the oldest Sheila in the local, you know, middle-aged women's league is pumping 180 off the tee. Yeah, I prom no, no. And I know we can't compare the genders, but I'm, let's, let's be honest. That, sure we can. That is, I agree with you. Let's, let's do it. Let's talk about how good I would have been in the WNBA. I, have I ever told this on the show? I have no clue. I, I rarely listen to you, so don't ask me. I, as I was trolleyed about Hollywood, um, pitching television shows when people thought I was worthwhile. You remember those two sure. years. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was a while ago, but it, keep going. A hundred years ago for two years, <laughs> uh, I was trolleyed about the community of Hollywood pitching television shows, which mm -hmm. very few people were interested in. And that's being kind to my friend you sold the television show to mtv so let's cut the comedian brain bullshit and uh just let's focus on what happened the moment you understand how skinny you are is the moment that i'll start bragging about that tv show so anyways so <laughs> <laughs> so uh one of the show ideas i can't remember what it was called but it was a bad name but it was i as you recall i was very competitive and yep. I had, much like the other human man on this show, I had a belief I could be good at anything. Yes, correct. And so the idea was every episode, I want to do something that other people think is hard, 
and obviously fail. That's the entertainment of the show. Like I've always said, like, yeah, performing surgery is hard, but like how hard? Like, <laughs> if you gave me a cadaver, could I, could I watch a few videos, get it explained to me for a day? How good would I be at taking out an appendix, right? Oh, I love that idea. It's, I mean, I'm telling you, had, had the body not deteriorated, this is a home run idea. One of the ideas was that I believed when I was younger that I could play in the WNBA. And is that a very sexist opinion? Yes, it yes it was. And is that a very incorrect opinion? Double the previous yes, it was because my good <laughs> friend Tommy Franklin practiced with the Lynx, and okay. he was the, like, the, "Hey, the man, Minnesota basketball team, the Minnesota female basketball team." And by yes. the way, they're the best. They've won the most championships, and this is this is yeah. in their heyday. This is when they're everybody. Yeah, everybody always says, "Oh, the Minnesota curse of championships," and it's like, "I'm sorry, have you not heard of the Lynx?" And then a lot of people go, "No, we haven't." But I go, "It still doesn't matter." <laughs> yeah. They've won a shit ton of them. So when they were piping titles, uh, Tommy was like, "Hey, man, why don't you come in?" Sometimes they they bring men in to practice against them, which kind of proves my fucking point. But I'm gonna keep going, and. So I was like, I was pretty excited. And this, this, this was no, this was no, it's probably rooted in some buried sexism, but it was more just competitive. My sister, Emily, went to school with the best basketball player I've ever seen in my life. Her name was Maz Hanga. When they started okay. the WNBA, she was older in her life, but she almost made the league, right? And oh, wow. I used to watch her just but fuck these middle-aged men at noon ball at the YMCA these guys who were like all conference and she would come up there and embarrass them right yeah and so I was always fascinated with the you know the dynamic and I was like but I you know I'm six foot four I'm a, I was a pretty big man I was pretty strong I could dunk which like at that point only sometimes you could dunk sometimes I, ha I had the ability to occasionally dunk which is just it's just an you know it, it, I, I believed I didn't think I'd be a star. What I thought was, right. I was like, can I get 10 points and six boards a game in the WNBA? I, I like to think so. Well, that's, that's good, some good help off the bench. Yeah. Now, you and I have played basketball several times during our decathlon series. Mm -hmm. And we always play best two out of three. And the majority of the time, I did take you to the third game. Although I don't think I ever beat you in a third game. But do you remember how many times you dunked on me? I've never met somebody who is so good at getting a rebound when the other person runs, sprinting to the three-point line, and turning around, shooting, and fading away at the same time and making it. Now, and let's remind people you have met Steph Curry, so that's a pretty big fucking compliment. So I get to practice with the Minnesota Lynx, and I walk out on the court, and they have this, this uh, player, Rebecca Brunson who is one yep. of the best players in the league during her day at her position. And I'm like, I'm not like, oh, you're a woman. I'm just like psyched to compete. I'm really excited to see. This chick beat the living fuck out of me up and yep. down the floor. Like the very first time down the court, she caught the ball and turned into me with an elbow. And I was like, and then it was just, it was just, it was a two-hour ass whooping. Now, I'm going to say we had to use the little ball, not the big ball. So, you know, let's see what happens if we roll the normal ball out there. But I, w I was wrong. I would have lost that episode of the TV show. They are yes. so good, and I am not good. Anything I had ever thought, I had never 
I'd never experienced, and I, dude, I've played in a game with guys in the NBA, sure. right? I've, I've, yeah. been, I've been taken, like, I've been, let's call it taken to town by some skilled people. I've never <laughs> had my ass beat both physically and skill-wise on a court like that. I was humiliated. Yeah, her first step, no one ever comments on her first step because no one ever sees it. It's so fucking fast. It's such a move that it's unstoppable. It was, it was incredible. What's, uh, what's the, the last thing on the Mount Hushmore? Oh, Mount Hushmore. I mean, I've gone so far away that I can't even... Oh, he is the greatest... We used to play uh, house hockey where we would, okay. we would uh, take a big room, empty all the stuff out of the room, and then we would tape ice cream buckets to the floor in, mm -hmm. on each side, and then it would be two-on-two two with hockey sticks and a tennis ball, full contact, house hockey. Yeah. And uh, we stopped playing and named Greg the greatest ever because he threw his body around with a scary, reckless abandon that only somebody who is terminally <laughs> ill would consider. It w we're like, <laughs> Greg, we can't. You're gonna, you're gonna end someone's life. So he is the greatest house hockey player I've ever met in my life. We, uh, my parents and uncles and aunt and my grandparents used to always go down to Brooklyn Center. We would stay at a Holiday Inn and they would get their taxes done. It was this big weekend where we all got together. We got it a Chad. Happened. Pack up your gear. We're going to the cities where they count the money. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And my dad was like, maybe we'll come up with a fantastic get rich idea while we're down there. So. Um, oh my gosh. Can every, you imagine your dad getting taxes done can you imagine being your dad's tax person no he never ever got one straight answer there's no way i thought you said there's your name no was chance. steve right right is that what i told you sure yeah let's go with steve <laughs> now i was wondering if we could uh put these in there as well i do have some thomas rice w-2s <laughs> i don't know if that does anything can i ask you a quick question there's a lot of money here uh, is it do, is your son's name not chad who is this who is this wage earner that's writing off three times his wage named chad is chad named after an uncle or uh who is this who is this chad daniels that works every day after school delivering papers but has somehow not spent one of the fucking dollars <laughs> who is this guy so every time we go down there there's there's always the uh, state squirt hockey tournament, and those guys were my age, and they would always be playing hallway hockey. And just for those people who aren't who didn't grow up in hockey families, squirt is it's like squirt and bantam and might. Squirt is one of those terms. And if you're not a hockey person, that was a weird thing that you just processed. Right. I mean, it, I think it came from, hey, little squirt, and then they just named a league that. Which is a bummer. Because that's about the Because age. if you're like me, a basketball person, you're like, you want to come to the squirt hockey tournament? You're like, I guess. <laughs> we don't use pucks. You should know that. <laughs> so they'd always play hallway hockey. And I was like, hey, you guys, I went and I got a stick. My cousin and I got sticks. And we were like, hey, can we play? And they were like, well, you're not on our team. I go, I know, but we'll just, he'll go on your side. I'll go on this side. And they were like, no, thanks, man. So then we went completely just crazy. I mean, started on one end of the hallway 
and just ripped towards one another, my cousin and I, we were on opposite ends, and just started destroying people American Gladiator style. Into walls, into doors. Oh my God, it was so fucking fun. So when you told me that story about Greg, I was like, yes, I've been there. Now I need to tell you something else, though, okay. about these about kids and myself. Now remember, that last story I just told you, I was the same age as those kids. Sure. Now I'm 46, okay. and I land in Oklahoma City on Tuesday, and I'm being driven to the hotel, and I see more kids than I've ever seen on a Tuesday maybe in my life, even when I was a kid. And they all had these jackets on, so I was like, this is some kind of convention. And so I asked the Uber driver, what's going on Come here? Come on, goes, religious. Come on, nope. religious. Well, maybe, but future farmers of America. Oh, my sister Janine was in Future Farmers of America. She... Hey, Janine, if you're listening, fuck you. You're annoying. She, she, I, you know I love Janine, but I got to tell you something. I'm talking Future Farmers of America here. So I'm down there, and these kids are everywhere. I'm talking about couldn't get a coffee at Starbucks, couldn't go to anywhere to get anywhere to eat because they're jam-packed. And they're Future Farmers, so they don't have masks on. The whole city smells like fucking hay, I'm sure. Oh, my God. There's it a was... barn smell to farm kids. And I, you know, I come from farm people, but if we're going to sit here and pretend that farm kids don't have a barn smell to them. Like you do all your chores and then you come to school and you want me to not think there's a, a barn smell to you. So I imagine yeah, that- do you want to, do you want to change your work boots? Yeah. That might help. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so all these kids, I'm telling you, they all have matching school uniforms on and you're right. It looked like if Hogwarts smelled like cow shit, <laughs> that's what it felt like. So now I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. Mind. I'm pissed off and I'm walking home back to the hotel. And now these kids have figured out how to use their Lime scooter app. And they are buzzing around like it's a Quidditch match all over the place. And so I just I get one. All I can think of is just a bunch of kids because I don't they don't. I, I might be wrong, but I think Future Farmers of America, they can earn patches and shit like the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. I think there's like maybe it's pins. For like, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I got my goat feeding pin right here, but I can I. This is very stereotypical, but just imagine a bunch of young future farmers of America kids coming to the city for the first time. And they see a lime scooter and they're like, "Gee golly, what's that right there, <laughs> Teresa?" And then they're just trying to feed the scooter corn. <laughs> yeah, don't message crazy. me i come from farm people go fuck yourself that's a preemptive go fuck yourself i don't know if they get patches or pins i do know there was one girl walking around in ripped nylons and no shoes and i think she was trying to earn a baby i'm not sure <laughs> but these kids so Hi, i'm all Teresa. i raise chickens and this is my sister tracy and she got her pregnant at 12 patch <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh, if you're, if you're going to have a farm, though, you need a bunch of kids. So I understand that. I just thought it was who knows your first kid. First kid falls in the river. Second kid gets his arm chopped off in a combine. You need at least three kids. There were a thousand kids down there and I, it could have been two families. I have no idea. <laughs> so they're buzzing towards me with these lime scooters and one kid veers towards me and I move and all of them start laughing now. I'm going to tell you something. I know I'm a grown man and I should also giggle about that, but I did not because I was fucking hungry and hadn't had my caffeine. So the next time I saw them like a fucking flock of birds, they did a big circle back around, came towards me again, veered towards me. This time I lunged towards him and he wiped out. 
And I said, little harder than a horse, isn't it? And then ever now I'm now I'm laughing, but you, but you need to understand something. A bunch of kids laughing. Everyone walking by is like, oh, there's joy over there. One grown man laughing is just maniacal like a psychopath. I mean, I was standing on a bridge while a kid was laying in the shoulder of the street sprawled out. And I was laughing super hard. Don't fucking commit me, bro. You don't think I've been around lime scooters before? Get the fuck out of here. They also, there's a thing with farm kids where, and I, you know, I'm sure you grew up around plenty of farm kids too. So you And they were my friends. Absolutely. Me as well. But there's, uh, there's, I was just poking fun of them. And even in high school, we would, everybody pokes fun at everybody. I mean, like we said, right. people made fun of me for pissing my pants, even though I didn't, for like, you know, my entire uh, junior high career. Uh, you say sup, dude. You be, say sup. Being a kid's amazing. I mean, we had a kid named fucking Tommy Thompson in our school. I, I, That's amazing. He's a farmer named Tommy Tommy. Do you think I'm not going to call that kid Tom Tom a lot? And then do you think I'm not right. going to call him Tom Tom too many times where he goes, don't call me Tom Tom again? And then I'm going to do it again. And then he's going to physically intimidate me in a way that I don't look him directly in the eye for three years. Yeah, that happened. There yeah. was another kid who my, my friend Joel, who you know, uh, I do. one of his close family friends, uh, t there was like a, a Brady Bunch situation where a dad with kids and a mom with kids had friends. Had friends, okay. jeepers, fucking creepers. Can somebody, can a farm kid come in here and beat me to death right now? Tommy. Tom, Tom, come, f come get those stinky <laughs> boots in here and stomp my brain down into the graves. Uh, so graves, plural, what's happening? So it's, it was kind of, oh my God, you know what I love about that? We're doing video. We're going to be able to see you stroke out in slow motion. So the, it was like a farm Brady Bunch situation because the dad had kids and the mom had kids and they were all sure. like in junior high and high school. Okay. And uh, I'll point out early in the story that they were, they were such a great family. The mom and dad are like incredible people. Uh, the kids are, were, were really nice people, but one of, them, one of them's last name was Hanson and the other one's last name was Larson. And yeah. One of the kids, Jeff, his middle name was Russell, and people took to calling him Jeffrey Russell Hanson Larson, which oh, no. is, <laughs> even today as an adult, a comedian who thinks he's medium at comedy, I still to this day think the musicality of that is so fucking funny like for something to be uh, is what's at the bass player for uh, for uh clint black jeffrey russell hansen larson it's <laughs> fucking amazing and he must have my been grand my grandfather was the son of hans my other grandfather was the son of lars <laughs> and he i think people called him that and you know how sometimes when you're in a people can call you something and then you're in a bad mood yes yes so I like just crossed him in the hallway and something happened and I just called him that kind of talking shit and he threatened to beat the living fuck out of me and he this was not this was not a Tommy Thompson size kid this kid was a fucking beanpole like me and uh, I to this day I think I, I have to continue to respect him more than any man on earth because he <laughs> he emasculated junior high sigh on a level that even a sopping pair of 
uh, jeans could not. Did you, um, you didn't try to get your gang together and go get them? No, here's the thing about my gang. Uh, I think I started and led them, and I don't know that they fully had my back in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> that sounds like a mid Minnesota gang. I like that. I think they were they were mid coup most of the time. Sure. Can I uh, can I switch topics on you a little bit here? I wish you would. Um, so, Daddy uh, got his vaccine yesterday. Is that you or Bruce? No, me. Me. You. You got it. Your daddy. Daddy okay, Sai. Excuse me. That. Sorry. Daddy. Okay. Daddy Sai got his vaccine. Yep. Yesterday, I got Pfizer. They shot it into my leg because I... Yep. yep. How, are, how are you feeling? Um, I didn't feel awesome yesterday. I think, you know, okay. it's been rumored that I had the COVID when this all started. And Well, you, yeah, you, I mean, you started the rumor, but yep. It's been okay. rumored that I had the COVID when this all started. And sure. uh, people who have had the COVID, their first shot is usually worse. So a little, we could pull the curtain back here, and we were a real touch and go on recording this today. Yes, we were. We didn't know if we were going to get it in. I am in Denver, Colorado, and uh, got all, I have all my shit, but I have early shows tonight, so we didn't know. Well, and I very much treated you like a college boyfriend that I don't care about, but he cares about me a great deal. Like, I was... I was, this situation was very me, me as the hottest girl at college, and you've been secretly in love with me for four years, where I just all of a sudden said, okay, I can record in five minutes, and you had to drop everything to come. Yes, I left, uh, I had to walk off the eighth hole of a simulator golf course and get in an Uber. Wow, what a future sentence that is. Thank you. So. <laughs> I've been learning how to use my smartphone. So. Two really interesting things happened when okay. I got my vaccine. I got it. You know, you think when you first think that you're going to get the vaccine, you, you, I think you think of it as like, oh, I'm going to go to a medical facility and get right. it. And then you show up and you're like at a fucking Staples or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, it's just <laughs> a bunch of college kids making you follow arrows of tape on the floor. It was very well set out and regimented, right? Nice. So they, uh, they drill the vaccine into my body, and yeah. then you have to go. Did you have a supervised waiting area where everybody hung out? I got mine in a thrifty white drug that isn't even a store. It's just a counter in a grocery store. So no, they, they said, hey, you want to walk around and do some shopping for 10 minutes to make sure you're still breathing? And I was like, I, if you put it that way, sure. That sounds way better than my situation. I was in what I'm pretty sure was a hollowed out red lobster. And I was probably Ooh, in nice. the Cheddar Bay Biscuit area. That's, you know, let's, I was probably where they, they prepped those small waiting area. But they, the woman, the gal who was in charge of the, like, making sure people don't stop breathing was the strictest yep. person I've ever met in my entire life. Because <laughs> like with my psoriatic arthritis, I need to move around a lot, just like I am during yeah. this stupid podcast, and she could not handle it. She was so worried I was going to leave early. She was so upset that I wouldn't sit. She didn't believe that there was anything, that I had any reason to be standing. It was one of the more tense 15-minute relationships I've ever been in in my entire life. Hmm. What'd you do? Oh, I just, I did not help the situation. I really... No, no, I know, I know you didn't. I'm not sure you've ever helped a situation. 
I spent the first five minutes really battling her, and then I gave up and just sat down, and I was like, fuck it, my back will hurt all day, you dickhead. Like, right? So I, I gave in. So I go sit down, and the chairs are all probably four feet apart, which if you're going to make a big deal about being in this area, maybe you space the fucking chairs out well enough, Sharon. And so I'm sitting down, and I sit next to these two men who have to be in their 50s. Okay. And... Obviously, they have just met, and they are really gabbing. And they are late in their 15-minute wait period. I'm early in my 15-minute wait period. So, and I, I will tell you, I am putting the pieces together here. I can't give you definitive answers of how this came together. I can just give you the result. As I started listening to their conversation, they are clearly two people who work in the house restoration industry. Okay. And they were discussing starting a podcast together <laughs> called, and they loved the name so much, they called it This Old Man's Old House. Because it, isn't that the, what's the Bob Vila show? This old house. This yeah. old house. So it was this old man's yeah. old house, which isn't really creative, but they right. really, really, you know how old men think that anything with the word old man in it is, is clever. Yeah, we do. Don't worry about it. And so, and the moment I realized what they were doing, I pulled my headphones out because I just, I, when I go in public, I just put my AirPods in. So I have a less, like people are less likely to interact with me. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled my headphones out and I was like, Hey, I don't mean to interrupt, but I am a huge <laughs> fan of HGTV, and I've been listening to you guys. I think that's, I, that sounds like an awesome idea. Are you guys going to do this? And I engaged them and gave them the confidence for these two strangers to for sure do, take this from a seedling of an idea and build it into an oak that is a podcast. And wow. they were like, yeah, we think it's really great. And then they started talking. I was like, you guys, it's 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 kind of would be like, it was kind of, you guys kind of have this fun home improvement vibe. And one of them goes, <laughs> I love that show. Like, and I, <laughs> I immediately pounced on that to like, and now, now we're bantering. Now I'm bantering with these two future podcast stars. And I asked them which one of them would be Al Borland and which one of them would be Tim the Toolman Taylor. And boy, oh boy, did they get a fucking kick out of that and took way too long to figure it out and still didn't come up with an answer well i hate the fact that you brought up tool time and the one guy went <laughs> instead of <laughs> and then so, doing the fucking noise right dude come on so we finish up our nice little conversation they leave i'm stuck here sharon's watching me i'm obeying the rules i leave probably eight minutes later something like that six minutes later i don't have the exact specifics sharon would she was on top of it I go out in the parking lot. These two motherfuckers are just dad gabbing at each other's faces from the least socially distanced place you could possibly. Like, I know you guys just got the vaccine, but it doesn't work yet. They are, they might as well be French kissing construction podcast ideas into each other's mouths. And I'm, oh, I love it. there's nothing more to this story other than that I will be spending every moment I have free searching the iHeart and Apple and iTunes podcast list. If these guys start and the old man, and, and, if they start this podcast, this old man's, this old house, not only am I going to be a subscriber, 
I am going to absolutely suggest a crossover episode with our show. Oh, let's do it. Also, I love the fact that these two are just talking about a podcast and they already got to be on one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was just That's amazing. clever marketing. <laughs> I've been, uh, speaking of old man, I have been my new, and I know I have one almost every week, but my new diet plan is... Oh, interesting. I'm just spreading a rumor that replacement hips weigh 25 pounds. That way I have a 25 pound window of where I can go. Yeah, but I mean, weigh myself and then subtract 25 pounds because it's my hip. So I love it. What do you have? Uh, what do you have? Uh, replacement cheeks there as well? Yeah, why not? I'll put them up there. I'm just trying to get my, my cheekbones fluffed up. I took a little out of my ass and put it in my face. So... I, I, you know, I'm telling everybody this, I'm trying to get, uh, trying to be out, trying to be active, okay. even if it's on a, even if I'm a simulator golf course where you don't have to walk to your ball. Yeah. I was just going to say, you really, you know, I know you're really watching your weight a lot and I got to tell you, taking an Uber to a golf simulator, that's going to, you're going to shed pounds like, uh, a bucket being filled with concrete. Well, what I like to do is I like to ask the Uber driver to turn their AC off and oh, okay. I wear my hoodie so I sweat. Yeah, sauna into the simulator. Yeah. Yesterday, friend of both of ours, Steve Gillespie, very funny comedian, very funny. lives in Denver. Sure. He brought me hiking at Red Rocks Canyon. Okay. I don't even know if it's a canyon. I might have just made that part up. It's Red Rocks Trail. I know that. And it's where the amphitheater is. Oh. And he goes, well... It's three miles, and we have to go way to the top. You good with that? Now, that is never fun when someone less than 10 years younger than you asks if you're going to be able to do something physically. Listen here, skin bucket. It is a lot of steps to the top of this small mountain. <laughs> I want you to know that because I don't want to get sued when you have a heart attack on the trail here. It's, it's no shit. He also he goes, do you have your water? Do you need to stretch? I mean, I've never felt fatter in my whole life. And so we're walking and I'm just like, I'm going to show this fucking punk that I can, I'll get up there way before him. And I will tell you, that is a way to, I've known you long enough to know that that's a way to awake the beast. You will, it, yeah. when somebody does something that like that to you, not only are you going to, you, you will likely die at the mountain peak, but you will beat them to the top of the mountain confidently by a good football field or more. Yeah, I mean, I like to think that when I die, the story will be something like he didn't need to die, but he also hated losing. Yeah, you're so, you're for sure going to go out in some sort of John Henry situation. Yes, absolutely. Which is a tale to this day. I still don't understand why it was important that he battled that machine. Is that what is the, what is the moral of that story? Well, I think it's also, I mean, it, it was just trying to show that you know, some people thought, oh, machinery is the way to go, but it was taking away jobs. And so I think John Henry was like, I'm going to show you me and my fucking hammer can get through this mountain before you and that stupid machine. Yeah, but aren't you worried that John Henry then would like if, you, if I can have one John Henry who gets through an entire mountain, I'm not going to hire all these fucking workers. He did it with his hammer by himself. It's got to take at least a couple dudes to maintain the machine. Yeah, I suppose that's right. I don't I don't know. All I know is imagine being the man that they choose to go against a machine because you're that badass. Also, while we're at it, what the fuck? How did Paul Bunyan come into existence? Was he always a giant? Is there a backstory to Paul Bunyan? 
No, he was just, he was a big lumberjack and he had Babe the Blue Ox. And that's what Babe the Blue Ox hoof prints the are 10, what made lakes? the 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. Now, people from Mi- Mi- Michiganders sure. will tell you that uh, Paul Bunyan is from there. And I will say, no fucking chance. I don't care if you stop listening to the podcast. I will go to the death on this one. Paul Bunyan is a Minnesotan, Babe the Blue Ox, and also... Uh, you know, I mean, I think we all know it was glaciers, but I think there are a lot of people around that just love not science. Well, and I love our, I love our, you know, our friendship and I love our home state and I don't want to go against you, but I don't know how many of the tall tales you've read, but in at least two of them, Paul Bunyan does try to kidnap a governor. So some of those people might, you know. Oh, shit. Might. Yeah, I have read those. That's right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Damn it, Chad. Focus. So... I'm, I'm hiking up this mountain and I am moving and Steve is behind me and I'm like, I'm just going to power through this. I don't give a shit. And halfway up, I can feel my lungs on fire. Now, oh, let's keep in mind right. that I haven't even been to Denver 24 hours. So and we and we drove up into the mountains. So the air is thinner. I am going to tell you that. Sure. And the sun is at least a mile closer to Earth because we both got super sunburned. So I'm cruising. And finally, I just, I don't know if I can do it. And I stop and I'm like, have my phone out taking pictures. And Steve goes, well, there's better views at the top. And I go, no, I just think, I just think I'll take it right here. I just think this is a pretty nice one right here. I'll just stop and take some pictures right here. And he was, he, he knew it was happening. And he was such a champ. He just goes, yeah, yeah, this is a great view. Why don't you... T- Take some pictures. I'll just wait with my dog over here while you fucking almost die. It was horrible. I, so finally, then I just slowed down and finally got to the top and felt like such a piece of shit. But man, oh man, hiking is a lot different than walking on a treadmill. I will tell you that. I think more than anything, it's the elevation. I remember the first, uh, the first run I went for when I moved out to L.A. And we were up kind of in the, in the Highlands area there, uh, north of Los Angeles. Like the first run I went on, I thought I was going to die. And that was minor compared to the most elevated city in the continental United States. Yeah, it was nice because Steve kept telling me, he was like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of dust here. You don't realize it, but we're in the high desert and it's a definitely thinner air. And I was like, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve, for saying that. So it was nice of you. I was out of breath the whole fucking day. And last night at showtime, I almost fell asleep. I was so fucking tired from walking up a hill. Yikes. Well, speaking of shows... This is going to be the most, I'm going to give you the most boring radio hour wrap-up ever. Well, speaking of shows, uh, thanks for joining us, Chad. We know you got a couple shows to get to tonight at Comedy Works in Denver. Uh, having a good time there with the sold-out shows, I'm sure. If you want to see Chad Daniels, you can check out his stuff on his website, Other Words, Words and Other Things, and Other Things and Other Words, and a calm voice here at the end. Skid a marinky do come around downtown now. Fuck me in the ass with a two-by-four. Take it away, Chad. I absolutely have to go. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m., so click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.